The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Thursday, September 26th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by one of the sharks, not only in the basketball world of DFS, but now in the football world of DFS, uh, Mr. Mike Apatria. Mike, uh, I hear you're still cleaning out even football brother what's up <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't i wouldn't say cleaning uh cleaning out but yeah i don't know man i'm I, it's this rake free uh you know shout out fantasy draft well i'll say it all year long man it's it's your odds of winning are increased uh in rake free contests they pay out a little bit more and uh, you know i'm up we're what are we going into four i think i'm up about 440 bucks started with a you know a 20 dollar one entry, you know, so How about that? I, don't, I don't consider myself a shark. It's not exactly, uh, you know, winnings that are going to pay back student loans or car loans or anything like that. But, uh, you know, oh. wins a win and it's, it's uh, padding the bankroll for the DFS NBA season. That's what I'm really gearing up for. Absolutely. I mean, our goal was to get us ready to pad our, our bankrolls in the preseason and first couple of weeks. You're even doing it a step for, uh, before that with football. I'm, I'm impressed, man. I am impressed. We'll we'll see if it if it rolls on to uh, into week four. I might be jinxing it now, talking a little bit too much about it, and uh, you know, I might I might ease back on the lineups I entered this week. Maybe just throw one out there, try to keep the bankroll surviving for a little while. I don't want to get over my head. Well, I, I know you threw the gauntlet out at the end of the show last week. Uh, did anybody take you up on any head to heads? No, they got lucky. They got lucky because oh, I, I had a good yeah. lineup last week, so. Uh, no, no. I, I, hey, I'm always game for a little contest. Uh, like I said, you know, sign up. If you're not already signed up, uh, use our promo code hoop-ball over there on Fantasy Draft, and, you know, you get that free week of rake free. So, you know, yeah, face me, but jump in these contests while you could. Try it out. See if you like it. I guarantee you will. Um, and then sign up for the year because it's, it's totally worth it right here, guys. Uh, it's the real deal over here on Fantasy Draft. There's no doubt. There's no more dash in our promo, though. It's just oh. hoop-ball. Yeah, all one word, just so we don't screw up our, our listeners getting the promo. But I'll, I'll jump right in. You know, this this uh, the presenting sponsor of this show uh, is Fantasy Draft. So we're excited, uh, again, to, to be working with them. Uh, we're going to uh, officially be carrying this into the preseason and into the regular season. So we're very excited. We, we thank uh, all the listeners and all the positive reviews we're getting. We really appreciate that and appreciate fantasy uh, draft jumping on here with uh, hoop ball. And, and uh, you know, we're going to have a hell of a season. Um, they are the only guaranteed uh, $700,000 contest in the industry in football this coming Sunday. So sign up at fantasydraft.com. Use the promo code hoop Gets you a seven-day free membership, up to $1,000 in entry fees, and that main event, that Hooters $700,000 guaranteed, might go in your pocket. Maybe yours, Mr. Shark there, Patria. Listen, 
Uh, I might, who knows, maybe I'll retire after this week. If I, if I just win a big one, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll quit the day job. Uh, yeah, I'll do the podcast. I'll be one of those guys who just doesn't need to work and full on DFS. That's the dream, isn't it? Isn't that coach? Isn't that what we all want to do? Just get out of there. Well, I, you know, I have now jumped into that world. So that's what I'm saying. You're living the dream. I'm living the dream, brother. It's it's uh, DFS twenty four seven. So you you got me, and hopefully, you know my my big goal in this is to to try to really uh, develop our listenership and and their confidence and uh, get everybody making some good money because there's a ton of people playing DFS hoops and uh, you know our small corner of the world of listeners uh, that, that we're getting out there to. Definitely, uh, you know, we want to move the needle and get an edge. So uh, we're, we're in the middle of a three-part series, or I should say a third of the way through it. Um, if uh, For those that, that didn't catch last week, you can always uh, catch up uh, if just anywhere pods are found. Uh, last week, we did the Atlantic and Central Divisions. This week, we're going to do the Southeast and Northwest. So we'll go, be going over 10 teams tonight and how all of the offseason moves, trades, draft choices, everything affects uh, these teams DFS-wise. And again, you know, this deep dive that we're doing is uh, our, our motto, success occurs when opportunity meets preparation, and this is the preparation time. We're, uh, believe it or not, dude, four days away from the first preseason game. Uh, which is just nuts. That is uh, on the 30th, Houston versus the Shanghai Sharks. And then uh, that gets everything rolling. And then uh, the third, fourth, fifth, that's when a ton of the the, uh, preseason games come in and uh, you'll be able to to play DFS uh, on DraftKings and possibly FanDuel. I'm waiting for... Uh, some information from FanDuel to uh, to confirm that, but DraftKings has confirmed they will have contests that third, uh, fourth, and fifth of October. So that gives you gives us a full two weeks uh, to build up a bankroll before the season o- opens on the 22nd. So that's going to be great. So we'll handle those 10 teams this week, and then our final preseason show. Uh, prior to the actual beginning of the preseason itself, will be next week with uh, the Pacific and Southwest with all the stacked teams out there uh, like the Clippers, Lakers, and Rockets. So that will be great. A couple quick things before we get started, just a little small talk. Um, It is official. There was, uh, you know, they had their meetings uh, on Friday, uh, NBA did Adam Silver. They went over all of their uh, things for the upcoming season. And they did officially rule that teams had to supply their starting lineup 30 minutes before tip, not 10 minutes. So that's a big plus for, for fantasy owners. Um, that Thank you, uh, DFS World, uh, to the NBA. So that'll help a little bit. Um, even the late games, you know, when you're trying to uh, do some roster switches, that'll give you a little bit more time rather than scrambling like a lunatic in that last five minutes before the game. 
So that's one good piece of news. Had you heard about that uh, officially, Mike? Yeah, of course. Um, I, you know, you look, can look at it like two, uh, two different ways. You can look at it like that's great news or uh, it's kind of a lost edge in a way as well. You know, it's sometimes being that guy that's sitting there waiting for the lineups to lock and monitoring the news that comes out two, three minutes before making that late switch or that late swap uh, can be a huge difference maker. Sometimes you can get a guy that, you know, is getting substituted in because the guy's injured and he, now he's playing 34 minutes instead of 18. And he, now he might only be 2% owned, 3% owned because a lot of people couldn't get there in time or didn't see the news. So, um, but I think overall it is good news. It's going to be a lot less late scratches. It's, it's going to be a lot less people just having tanked lineups, uh, nights ruined. And that's, that's kind of the whole point um, with the NBA. And, you know, people want to know when they're showing up and they're buying tickets or whatever's going on. They're trying to make it as transparent as possible. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I have to think there's some sort of gambling aspect involved when he made that decision. There, there's no question about it. I think, you know, obviously with, uh, you know, being able to wager on games becoming, it seems like a, a new state is added uh, all the time. Uh, I think they're, they're really taking that into consideration. And, you know, the NBA has always been uh, ahead of everybody else in pretty much everything they do, except for this bone I'd like to pick with the NBA and I'd love to get your take I've been on all over Twitter on this now for like the last month and then Friday the news came down and that really agitated me and then today agitated me but they they have done really absolutely nothing except make it worse and more confusing regarding the tampering rules as it uh, applies to free agency and also the deadline with trades at, when it comes down to the draft. So we're back in that exact same ridiculous scenario where there's no possible way to monitor a human being speaking to a human being. No one's dumb enough at this point to send one front office to the other to send a text or an email. But verbalizing from one person to the other, you can't control that. So they, all they've done is increase the penalties by some money which is you know like a guy like cuban with the the you know and most of these owners if five hundred thousand bucks to them is like five bucks to us let's face it and so it's i'm very disappointed and we're going to be back in the same scenario next year at the draft where the first you know five of the first 10 guys go up there and they already know they're on a different team. They get the hat. They have to do the interview. They're traded. I mean, it's just I don't understand with NBA always having the edge on everything else. Why the heck they've done, you know, gone to this level. And then I'll let you take the floor on it. The last thing today is like the cherry on the Sunday. The Milwaukee Bucks, who Giannis Antetokounmpo plays for, said about their own player, of course, that you know they love Giannis. He's the cornerstone of their franchise. They're going to offer him a super max deal. You know that he's he's part of the organization. They were fined fifty thousand dollars today by the NBA. That violates one of the tampering clauses because they mentioned they're going to offer their own damn player a super max deal. Can you explain that to me, Mike? No, I wish I could. It's it's actually ridiculous. You know, uh, the whole tampering thing. Like, I'm I'm with I'm right on board with you. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, the whole situation. Uh, you know, in my head, I just I just imagine it like a 1960s or 70s like Italian mobster movie 
where you know there's a guy that just shows up in a trench coat down a dark alley and you know he just he just whispers to like Paul George you know hey uh, Obama wants to see you and you know he just shows up or everything gets passed on through the guy and it's there's no way that we can monitor them uh you know coaches players owners they're all going to be able to do their own thing um it's it's a little ridiculous all in all and the whole Giannis situation is just laughable because at the end of the day who didn't know that that was coming like obviously they're going to sign uh, their franchise cornerstone player who just won uh, the MVP award to a supermax deal uh, it's Milwaukee yeah. like, and how can you tamper with your own guy i mean seriously i mean i, I just I, i'm disappointed because you know i've been barking about this for a long time and i thought last week that they would address it a little bit and and all they've done is make it worse so i don't know man just one of those things i guess we're gonna have to you know uh just live with and how it affects the dfs world you know is uh you know it it doesn't seem like it does have immediate impact but there are ramifications you know of 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 that and the way that that's going to come down with you know uh, players being motivated and, 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 you know, working with their agents. And I don't know, it's, I'm just disappointed. Hopefully at some point they figure out uh, how to rectify it. I, I guess, I guess we can hope. Uh, but from what I'm, what I'm seeing, it looks like they're only going to get harsher and harsher. Uh, you know, I don't think this is, a, what's a $50,000 fine doing to anybody anyway, especially a team at the right. end of the day. So absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you could, even if you were going to find them, uh, you know, you could, you like I just said, uh, with the Clippers before you could, you could have find a bomber 5 million for tampering and he still would have tampered to get Paul George. Oh, no, no doubt. Yeah. That's a drop in the bucket for yeah. a guy like that. But I don't know, man, for the NBA being that, you know, the best and everything, this, this is just one area. They just can't seem to, to get right. But, uh, I don't know if if Silver will ever take my call. I could probably get his ass straightened out on this thing, but you know, he just I for some reason I, I there's there's no return call. I don't know what the problem is. But uh but anyway, this, you know, so next Thursday, dude, do you realize though next Thursday we will complete our our third part of our reviews and then we'll be talking about pricing cuz it'll be up on on at least DraftKings for sure, and we're going to be talking about getting that bankroll started. I can't believe it's a week away. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're going to be winning people some money. Give me give me a few days of pricing. That's my favorite thing about like preseason and opening night is this pricing comes out a few days ahead, and that's a few days just to break it down. You know read beat writing reports, uh, get your stats straight, get these averages on and just go. Like it, it's, it's, it's awesome having a few days just to break down a slate, uh, you know, compared to just one night, like every other day of the year. So it's, it's these couple days, we're going to have an advantage and we got to take it. Uh, there's no question about it. I'll tell you what I'm going to do since I am a full-time DFS guru now uh self-imposed i guess uh i'm actually i i and i i thought i'd share this with our listeners and i know you and i haven't talked about this yet either but i was thinking about you know spending a good four five six hours and just crunching down like the 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 main five or six seven man rotations of each team 
and putting my predicted pricing in there just to see once it does hit next week where where I had the biggest difference and maybe you know that won't jade me as much when I'm making my selection you know what I'm saying this way I'll I'll see where there are gaps that I'm finding uh, prior to allowing the the pricing to uh, jade me to think differently so no, I'm going to give that a shot. It sounds to me like you're just making, just like if you were to do regular uh, season-long fantasy leagues, when you make your rankings for your draft, uh, you're, you're basically saying what you would pay for that guy. You know, so yeah. that's that's pretty much, that's a good way to look at it. Um, you know, if you if you set yourself like the most I'd pay for this guy or the optimal price I'd like to pay for this guy, and then you just come, you can narrow your, you, you can narrow your player pool down real fast like that. And, uh, you know, anybody that listens to me, or listen to me last season, we'll say that's the first thing I do on a slate is I try to narrow down my player pool, eliminate some guys, put some guys on a little bit of a higher pedestal. Um, and it really ha- uh, helps me make my selections at the end of the day, especially when I'm just trying to do like a single entry um, or if I'm just trying to do a game stack. So I, I kind of yeah. like it. I like it. I think it's a good idea. I'm going to give it a shot because, you know, my, my strategy, I never play more than two or three lineups and, and I'm looking, you know, to, to really hit the guys that are going to hit it out of the park that night. So, uh, if, if, you know, anybody, I'm going to probably have those uh, done by this, this weekend. So anybody that wants to <clears throat> share, for me to share some of that info, just, you know, hit me up on Twitter at Joe Sarvati. That's J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. I'm sure at Mike Apatria, he'll have uh, some in as well. That's M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And, you know, we can throw some of those numbers around before they actually hit the board, and maybe that'll help our uh, help some people get out to a quick start. So, all right, brother, uh, before we uh, get too far behind, uh, let's jump in and get started on these teams. What do you say? Well, I'm, I'm born ready. You know that, Coach. Come on. Let's do this. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, the first team on, on the docket today you can run with it, brother. Atlanta Hawks. Oh yes, uh, young young team uh, played at an extremely high pace last season, so you know we know that they're going to be loaded with stats. Uh, also, the one of the league's worst defenses, so we know anybody playing them is going to score a lot of points as well. So uh, they're definitely going to be one of the teams on our radar. Um, I can hundred percent guarantee that. And I'm actually uh, for season long and. DFS. I'm expecting a big year out of Trey Young. Um, just how he turned it on in the second half of the season last year. Uh, I'm just expecting him to light the world on fire. Just tons of points, tons of assists, all those beautiful counting stats that we like to see. Um, I'm just expecting really big things from him. John Collins, another guy that we're going to be targeting. Um, those are the the primary spots. You know, I'm not I'm not too keen on playing. You know, your Kevin Werders. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, when Baysmore was there, it was it was more of just that GPP flyer here and there in the right matchups. But uh, as far as the big names, you know, we're still looking at the same two guys for me. It's you know, it's John Collins and it's Trey Young. I don't know where you're at with them, but that's that's the only two guys I'm probably gonna have a ton of interest in going into the year. And then just about every single position facing them is what I'm gonna be looking at. I'm with you. I those two guys are are on my you know top 25 list for guys to target early and. You know, Trey Young arguably outplayed Luca the second half of last year and really stepped it up. I mean, this is 100% his team. As far as John Collins, he had an injury-riddled first half last year, 
But when he played, man, I, I mean, I had him the night he, he threw a 20-20 game on the board. I mean, his and he's such a young guy, too. I mean, this, this Atlanta Hawks team has, is really building a nice foundation for sure. Uh, you know, the other positive thing with Trey Young is, uh, you know, his percentages have a tendency sometimes not to be too strong. Again, you know, we don't care. We're looking at that 48-minute snippet of how many shots went in, how many foul shots went in, how many fantasy points did you put on the board. So Trey Young's a monster for me. And and John Collins, I think, if he stays healthy, you know, uh, obviously gets dinged a lot. But when he's healthy, he is a game changer. The rest of the squad, uh, you know, I think for me, it's going to be a very – uh, wait and see type scenario. You know, I'm Kevin Herter, uh, Cam Reddish, Alan Crabs new to the team. Um, you know, DeAndre Hunter is supposed to, you know, bring some defense to the squad. He's not a great shooter, so I don't really see him making a huge DFS uh, impact. Jabari Parker, you know, could uh, add some offensive statistics to the board and maybe be one of those uh, reach plays on a specific night, depending on the matchup, that can can be real beneficial for you. He's a guy that uh, does put up fantasy points per minute with the best of them. Uh, not a defender, but he will get that done. Uh, at center, I, Alex Len also is a guy that is usually cheap, and you know if they're if they're playing a team where there's not a lot of uh, you know uh, good defensive rebounding on, on the uh, other side, Len can be useful. So, uh, you know, I'm with you. Young and Collins, you know, for sure. And then, you know, maybe a bargain basement with, with a few of these guys early on because they're going to get the usage. I, I mean, I, I can see targeting Len. For me, when it comes down to Len, it's going to be matchup dependent and it's going to be half against teams that primarily don't play a lot of small ball because – uh, I think the reason why they brought Parker in was when they wanted to uh, slide John Collins over to the five, they could play uh, Parker as like a stretch four. Um, and, you know, on the small ball lineups, they're probably going to run that lineup out there a lot more often than not compared to, you know, Collins at the four and Len at the five. So uh, in the matchups where we know he's going to have to play big minutes, you know, maybe they're playing Portland or I know we don't like to target guys against Rudy Gobert, but just that kind of scenario. Um, that's when I could see myself maybe taking a gamble on right. Len. But it would also probably have to be on fantasy draft where I could play you know, like a ton of centers if I wanted, you know? So it's, it, it really depends on the, on the site and, you know, the matchup for me on, on a site where you can only play like one center. Uh, it's going to be really hard pressed for me to buy into Len unless it's a fantastic matchup or unless Collins is hurt, something goes on. I'm with you. And is, is, you know, on the bandwagon with, with both guys, just like we are young and Collins and, you know, when you look at the pace that, that they play at and the, the lack of defense, I mean, it's, you know, that's going to be something we'll, we'll talk about because, you know, you you may want to fade in certain scenarios if the if the, the ownership is just sky high, uh, you know, so that's that's going to be something, you know, to keep a close eye on as well. Yeah, I mean, and looking at Trey Young, I'm expecting a high price tag on him. Um, 
I'm expecting, you know, it could even be a slow start. Like he did, he, we have to remember, yes, he was a rookie and all that, but some guys just start the season a little bit slower, take a little bit longer to kind of get their gears going. And, um, you know, it's only second year. So we're going to have to, you know, see if he can bring that momentum he had in the second half into the, the, the first half this year. Um, and then keep it for a full year. So there's going to be a, a few things. I might take the wait and see approach on Trey Young for a game or two, um, really depending on the price. I mean, if it's just stupid low where I can't ignore it, he's going to be in like probably a lot of my lineups. But um, if he's priced where I think he's going to be priced, uh, you know, 80, 84, 85, um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to wait and see. See, I, I, I disagree with you there. I think he was a rookie last year. There was a lot of unsettled issues with the Hawks. I mean, this dude is like, you know, rip the jersey off in the Superman uniforms underneath. I think he is coming into this season ready to score the first bucket of the first game and go from there. So I'm on him early, I think. And I, you know, I think that price might be a little low there. I think he may be uh, 87. I think he might, you know, he's getting a ton of respect out there and, uh, uh, you know, he's going to be on my first lineup. Let me put it to you that way. Okay. Okay. Um, hey, I can't knock you for it. At the end of the day, we know what he, what kind of numbers he could put up. And then he's one of those guys that uh, when he's hot, he's hot. He's going to light the gym on fire, and he's going to put up a, a memorable night. Um, so I'm on board. I mean, uh, listen, don't. I'm not going to knock you. Like I said, if I'm doing multiple lineups, I'm not going to sit there and say I'm going to fade Trey Young. I will have some. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be a few other situations that, I'm like licking my chops at right now, uh, waiting for kind of. I, I'm just know there's gonna be low pricing on a couple of guys, so you know That's I don't great. I don't want to be a spoiler alert. Uh, a couple of them are probably gonna be tomorrow. Um, there might be one or two later on in this show, but uh, there's there's definitely a couple of guys I have my eye on. And when it comes to like you said, ownership, um, I think a lot of it's gonna gravitate towards guys like Trey Young. So no doubt, no doubt. All right, I get the the dubious honor of starting the Charlotte Hornets who definitely, without question, are the worst team in the league. Uh, you know, if you saw that top 100 players that came out, uh, SI, I think, or ESPN or both of them, I don't know. But the, it, it just came out, and the amazing thing was not one single Charlotte player made the top 100. How How is that possible? <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, isn't that nuts? I'm not that shocked. Uh, I mean, if we just sit here and we'll go down their roster, we'll be like, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, uh, I mean, Bridges might be able to crack in there, start. I think. I think Bridges should be able to crack in there. Rozier's not ready yet, but just the athleticism and the, you know, the the star potential from Bridges, I I think he's, he's worth a top 100. He's got to be like at least, you know, 80, 90 something. Yeah, no, that not, not one of them made the top 100, but... As far as Charlotte goes, someone has to soak up the usage. Somebody is going to produce good DFS numbers or at least decent DFS numbers. I mean, obviously, I guess, you, you know, you look at Rogier and, and Bridges as being the top two uh, choices. I think that uh, you got a, a, a big uh, sneaky pick here that I'm going to give is one of my on that short list of guys that could throw up 30 fantasy points and be super cheap. And that's Dwayne Bacon. I think uh, Bacon and Monk are going to get some time, uh, you know, and some minutes at that shooting guard spot. And I think, you know, on a given night, and I give the edge to Bacon right now, 
you know, those guys could could put up decent numbers. Uh, Rogier, again, you know, we'll see. He's, you know, he certainly has potential. Uh, I don't know, being the focal point, that's going to be, uh, might, he may struggle for a while, but, but that'll be interesting. Uh, you know, the old guys on the squad, Batum, Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller, who's not really that old, but, uh, you know, uh, Bismack, Biombo. I mean, none of those guys, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist. I mean, I'm just, I wouldn't count on any of them DFS-wise. Now, you know, maybe somebody rises up a little bit and uh, somebody's going to have to put points on the board and and get some stats there. But, uh, you know, I think Charlotte will be the most faded uh, team on generally on almost every slate unless, you know, Bridges or Rogier or or Bacon or somebody just decides that uh, all of a sudden they're going to they're going to play some uh, basketball. But uh, definitely the worst team in the league and probably, uh, you know, they're going to get blown out a lot. So it's going to create games that they're in, uh, decrease DFS value because they're not going to stay with their guys. The other team's not going to stay with their main guys in a 20, 30 point game. So, man, I just, Charlotte to me is just a giant X for the most part, most of the time. Yeah, I think you hit it. Um, it's Rozier, it's Bridges for me. Um, even you know, Cody Zeller is not a guy that I'm really looking to touch either. But, um, you know, looking at Rozier, the the new home, uh, the big minutes increase, we're going to see his, you know, per 36 career numbers, we're looking at 13.8 points, 4.6 assists. Uh, and this is what kind of piques my interest in surprising stat. Per 36, he's averaging 6.2 rebounds. So now we're talking about hmm. a guy who's putting up uh, pretty solid assists, good rebounds, especially from his position. Um, and, you know, 14 points isn't anything, you know, right home about, but we're talking about him playing on a Boston team where, uh, you know, no matter what, he was basically playing with two or three guys that are going to shoot the ball more than him. Uh, whether it was even on the second unit or the first unit. So, and we, we got to remember a couple of those memorable starts that he won people tons of money with when he kind of took over for Kyrie. Um, mm-hmm. So this is, and this in is the, the playoffs, guy. he yeah. had a hell of a playoffs run. So yeah. He's not I afraid mean, to shoot. I don't think I, we, we know how badly he wanted out just to kind of show what he can do. Uh, he's, right. He's a guy that I'm kind of pegging. He's going to be a little bit around that 6k range, uh, 58. And I can see him, getting up there in 35, 40. Um, I mean, if he's going to rebound like this, if the only problem is the assists aren't going to, there's not going to be a ton of them. Let's be real. There's no one on this team could score the ball uh, unless it's like an ISO play or, you know, even Zeller on a pick and roll. That's probably your best bet if you want to get right. an assist on this team. Um, but, he's, you know, it's not hard for a point guard to get, you know, five uh, when they right. have the ball in their hands that much. So I'm expecting decent numbers from him. Again, it's it's kind of that, that same situation we said with Trey Young. We don't care about the, the field goal percentage. He has a terrible field goal percentage. I'll, I'll harp on that for season-long people. Absolutely terrible. He's going to turn the ball over a ton. Yeah. Um, so those well, two that, things. You know, the turnovers in DFS hurt you too. So that that's a concern. And, yeah. You know, and, and the other thing is the blowout factor. I just don't know. I mean, you know, do you stick with them? deep into games when you're down, you know, 30 points or, or whatever the case may be. But I think you're right. I think he could be, uh, he could be a guy that could actually throw a couple triple doubles on the board before the season's over uh, just with his knack to hit the glass and go. And, and so, 
definitely a guy you got to keep on your radar. Yeah, and, uh, you know, speaking on the blowouts, I don't think he's going to sit out, uh, to be honest. I mean, this is a guy that wanted to get a new home so he could play big minutes. So yeah. I got to imagine that. And let's be real, Charlotte's not going to be exactly selling out crowds as it is, let alone if your people are watching, you know, your ninth and tenth guy off the bench, um, you know, three nights a week. It's it's not going to help them. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. There's, they are definitely – uh gonna have a rough year that's for damn sure that's the one thing i do know <laughs> no uh, doubt yeah definitely man and i mean I, I didn't really touch on bridges too much but he's a guy that i think we can look at when you need to he's never going to be too high of a salary he's going to be a good cash game play more than a tournament play in my opinion yeah. uh, i think he'll have a few good explosive scoring nights here and there but uh as far as season long i absolutely love him this year uh he's a guy that can put up a little bit of everything for counting stats so He's, he's definitely a guy that should be on your radar for season. And if you're a big cash game player, um, definitely on your radar for DFS. Oh, he'll, he'll be very high uh, on my list of first guys in because I think his price will be fair. And I think he's the best player on the entire team flat out. So I think, uh, I think they'll feature him, and he's an explosive guy. So I'll tell you, I watched, he played a, a stretch, believe it or not, in the summer league this uh at, in uh vegas and i was surprised that he played i'm thinking man they're playing their their best player in in summer league that's not a good sign for the organization but he had a couple of stretches with some just windmill dunks and he looked you know like one of the best guys out there i expect him to to have the biggest increase no doubt about it all right, all right. Well, that's that's all I got for the Hornets. I don't, I don't know how much you want to talk about a you know a team that's going to probably score sixty nine or seventy two points a night. But uh, you know, I, that's I think that's all it's worth talking about. I, um, you know, going on to the next one. Uh, who do we got, Coach? What do we got next? Well, I don't want to see the crying Jordan when Charlotte's only got seven wins at, at the end of the year. But uh, we have the Miami Heat, so that I'm excited to discuss. Because I think they're going to be a pretty cool team. Um, we've got a, a quick interview uh, here that uh, Bam Adebayo, everybody's DFS and fantasy darling right now, uh, is talking about uh, when things really came together at the end of the of last year, and uh, he realized that you know he was ready to go. When it clicked, yeah, I would say the end of the season last year, it sort of kind of clicked for me and and Spo started running actions through me and I started making plays and finding players and helping my teammates and we was out there having fun but you know once uh, once he I guess you could say let the leash go a little bit and, and let and let me play, it kinda it kinda expanded my game and made me start becoming who I want to be. There you go. As you can hear it was, you know, when did things click for Bam? And and Bam, you know, talking about that, saying, okay, he belongs, he's ready. They're going to give him the ball. The organization, obviously, with the trading of Whiteside, has confidence in him to be their man long term. So, you know, with everybody else, I'm high on him. You know, I know he doesn't have uh, much range, but his mid range jumper improved quite a bit. Uh, his rebounding block shots. I think he's a good fantasy points per minute. And now he doesn't have to worry about, 
white side and that weird rotation with uh, Linux and, and the way all of that was working. So, um, yes, that'll be exciting. I, I think Miami has some big questions still. Obviously, Jimmy Butler being, you know, the the main man there now uh, is going to be a, a high ownership guy early on. And, you know, he'll be the, the focal point of the team. Um, you know, but the rest of the rotation, you know, what Riley and Spolster are going to, how they're going to make up the foundation of this squad going into the season is going to be very interesting. You know, you had Justice Winslow coming out last week saying, he wanted to play point guard. He felt like he should be the point guard, which was very odd for a guy to come out and you know talk noise like that, especially with Riley and Spolster. That doesn't usually go over too well. They still have Goran Dragic there. There's been constant rumors that uh, eventually they're going to get Chris Paul from the Thunder in some kind of trade. So, you know, there's still some un steadiness with what that rotation is going to be. Uh, you know, I think Autobio and, and uh, you know, uh, Butler obviously are locks for being in your rotation for DFS. But after that, you got to look at Dragic, Winslow, Waiters, the rookie Tyler Hero, who I think is going to be in the rotation off the bench. He's that good. And you get a little bit of Derek Jones Jr., a little James Johnson, a little Kelly Olenek. Olenek, I mean, uh, they picked up Myers Leonard this year. Uh, you know, and so there's a lot of guys that are going to be sharing minutes in there. And uh, that, that scares me off the squad until they figure out exactly what that rotation is going to be. But uh, early on, I think you go – Bam and Butler, and then you just got to wait until the rest washes out. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, just because this isn't a team that played at like an incredibly fast pace or was known um, for scoring. I mean, they got rid of you know the veteran Dwayne Wade, the legend himself has retired, so he was part of the reason. Uh, you know, he never he didn't want to run at that age, so that was that wasn't going to be generally part of their game plan. And just you know, I kind of like Winslow playing point personally. Uh, I love. He did well. Justice. He did well with it last year. He really did. And I, I mean, what are we? What are you really losing with with Dragic, uh, You know, playing point guard. He's not. A, he's not a pass first point guard. He's a you know slasher. Um, and you don't. They don't really need that. <laughs> the, I'd rather yeah. have the guy with more size, the better defender that could you know handle the ball up to the half court point and you know manage an offense. Still, he's not maybe the best point guard, but I don't think Dragic is either. So. Uh, but I'm with you. It's going to be Butler. I'm keeping an eye on. It's going to be you know tons of Bam. Uh, everyone's going to be on Bam. Everyone loves Bam. The hype train is off the rails at this point. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned always kind of having a pivot, and I already have one in mind that we're going to talk about uh, in just a few games. So I don't I don't want to spoil too much. But there's a guy I think that will undoubtedly be cheaper, um, lower owned, and will put up very similar stats as Bam. So. Uh, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with Miami. Um, I'm not really touching anybody on the wing, maybe the occasional Dion Waiters and a GPP um, if somebody else is sitting, just because we know when he gets any opportunity to take 18, 20 shots, he can do that in a quarter if you give him the chance. So yeah. uh, that's and, that's all I got. And I'll tell you, I don't know about out of the gate because it's, it's going to take some time, but at some point Tyler Hero is, is a guy to really watch. I mean, I he was – flat out, and I know I've mentioned it on, on 
one of the, a couple of the earlier shows, but he was flat out the best shooter at in the NBA Summer League uh, this this uh, this year. I mean, there was no one that shot the ball as impressively off the dribble, dribble off the screen, moving without the ball, catching it on, you know, coming off the curl pick, you know, whatever it was. He was as soon as he got squared, man, that ball was up, and it was that quick like Clay Thompson release that you can't do anything about. And he was knocking them down. So I'm, that's a guy to, you know, maybe not initially, but somebody to keep a, a big circle around going forward. Oh, he definitely boosted his dynasty shares just from uh, his performance in summer league. Like you could just tell this kid coming out is he's going to be a very good NBA player. Um, just a natural stroke. Even, I caught myself watching his high school highlights on YouTube about a month back, and just what he was able to do at all levels, it seems like he just always is in complete control of his body, um, whether it's a fadeaway or, like you, you know, uh, like you said, he's, he's off the dribble shooting. He's always in complete control. He always has good eye contact on the rim. Um, it's, just, it's just a really good, polished player coming out at a very young age, and one of those guys that just passed the eye test. Like you, you could just tell he's going to be a good player just by watching him. Ignore all the stats. Just watch the guy play, and, and he can play. No doubt. And, and Miami took him super high. And, you know, I remember at the draft, I liked him, but I thought, man, that's super high to, to take a shooting guard there. But after, you know, seeing him and, you know, really watching him out there on the floor, man, he's, he's the real deal, no doubt about it. So, but I'll tell you, you know, the other thing about Miami, you've got to always keep in mind, you know, it is the Miami culture to play good D. They're not ever a super pace team. And, you know, they're very loyal to their guys like Dragic and these guys. So I'm still thinking, you know, you got to watch the, the pace of play in their games and be a little more concerned. I, I'm a, a little less likely just to throw somebody in unless the matchup uh, uh, really fits. I can't believe Udonis Haslam is still playing, though. Isn't that amazing? Oh, you mean I, the, the Frank Gore of basketball? Um, I, I just can't believe it, dude. Hey, in a sports center, it was Udonis Haslam uh, quote just came out. I think. Yeah, I, I, I will never retire is what it said. That's it. I'm playing till I drop. I love it. Uh, he's a guy. I, I think at this point, it's just having another coach on staff. Uh, yeah, but he's also probably like the locker room narc. You know, maybe he's like the the old guy that's trying to just blend in with the young kids, and then he runs back and he's just like, you know, I think th I think these kids are going to go out tonight and you know go to the club a little bit too long. And I don't know. He looks like he's the first guy at the club. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. You know, I heard some things when I was in Miami, and he's. I don't think he's really uh, shy to get out there and have some fun. So, but good for him, man. He's played this many years. You know, to keep your body in that kind of shape for that many years is beyond uh insane so Absolutely. all right dude you've got you've got the oklahoma city thunder uh and i'll tell you if you haven't uh there's a great book out there called boomers and it's about the whole thunder organization and how they came about it was it's a fantastic read i i highly recommend it but you've got it man you got the thunder Okay, so, uh, you know, I've been harping on one guy that I'm going to have my eye on. Um, you probably heard me mention it about 15 times already. 
uh, and that's the Aussie. Uh, Steven, Steven Adams is a guy that I am expecting very, very big things from this season. And, you know, he's not going to be a high price. He's never going to be over-owned, especially, you know, anybody that played DFS for the past few seasons knows he's pretty much a cash play um, unless he's playing somebody like, you know, the Nets or Brooklyn when they had their awful defense against centers or the Hawks. So those are the days that you can really kind of target him. But a guy that's going to see a massive boost in rebounds in my opinion we're, we're talking he's entering his seventh season uh with the thunder and you know last season he actually got his career high at 9.5 rebounds per game so you're talking about a guy career high 9.5 it's kind of you know i wouldn't say low for a center we've seen but he's not exactly a stretch five so there's no reason why his his rebound shouldn't be hitting double digits at some point and we're talking he had an offensive rebound percentage of only 12.9 percent um, and his defensive was 13.3. So his, his defensive rebounding percentage was barely higher than his offensive. And that's like extremely unusual for any center's de- uh, def- defensive rebounding to be so low. Um, and, you know, he ha- literally had one of the league's worst and for any center that played 65 games. So all this, what that tells me is that it's that same thing I've been saying. It's let you know him letting Russell Westbrook grab the rebound so that Westbrook can push the tempo, push the pace, jumpstart the offense. Um, and it's just evidence when you just compare those numbers to Westbrook's, who averaged 11.1 uh, rebounds last season, and his defensive rebounding percentage was 25.5 percent. Yeah, um, that's and you know it's not like it was compared to Adams is offensive because he only averaged 3.6 on offensive board so sure it's it's just right there in the numbers and it's showing you that somebody's gonna pick up all those rebounds that's exactly and i'm gonna guess it's the guy that was kind of just doing the boxing out letting the other guy grab the board that's where i'm going especially with of the new stretch four being danilo gallinari a guy that's never too close to the basket right um for me it just screams um breakout year for Steven Adams and I, he's going to be a guy that I want to take advantage of early on. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm all over and I'm buying in with all my shares on Steven Adams right now. Nice. Well, I, I mean, I'm high on him. I, I agree with you and I think your, your numbers back it up. I did read a blurb uh, by the thunder. It was just last week where they did say that they expect an increased role from Nerland's Noel. Now, I don't, I don't think that's going to really come uh, and hurt Adams that much. I think they'll, you know, uh, just get Noel a little bit more run in, in, in key times. But I did see that, something to keep in mind. Um, you know, I, it's just I, – it's so hard to figure what the Thunder are going to do because at any given moment – I, you know, I think they could trade Paul or Gallinari or maybe even Adams. I, I don't know. But, you know, they're, they're definitely in monster, monster rebuild and have 15 picks over the next, literally 15 picks over the next four years. Uh, so, I mean, they, they are loaded up for picks. And, you know, I think how the Chris Paul and, and Shea, you know, how that's going to work is going to be interesting. I think they'll play uh, both of them together a lot. Uh, and so, you know, you may see an uptick on, on, on both of their uh, DFS stats. I think, you know, there's going to be usage for both of them. Um, you know, people forget Paul, you know, he's got the, the best uh, assist to turnover ratio in the history of the game. So it's not like, you know, he can't throw up a 12, 13 assist game 
you know, being away from Harden now. I mean, people are all talking about the Harden-Westbrook thing on the other side, but, you know, I'm with you, man. I I think there's, there's some stats to be had. They're never paced team. Obviously, losing Westbrook, they'll slow down a little bit, but I, I'm not afraid to play Paul or Shea or, or your man Adams, and I think uh, Gallinari has proven if you play him on the right night, he can be a monster. Uh, he's sort of a boomer bust guy. I've also played him when he's just sort of faded into the sunset and not done much. So, you know, uh, but after that, they've got very, very, very uh, little of a bench. So, you know, how does that play into it? We'll see. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. But I, I wouldn't cross them off the list early on because I do think they will showcase those guys if they are going to trade them. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, speaking on the Adams thing, um, I think there's a decent, if not very good, chance he's traded. At the end of the day, Nerlens Noel uh, could have went elsewhere. Um, but I'm thinking the Thunder said, hey, why don't you just hang out a little bit? You're young. We want to see what we have in you, and there's a good chance we're shipping out all these guys anyway, so you might be starting halfway through the year. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, if Adams were to go, Paul to go, Gallinari. Obviously, those are the first guys that they're going to be looking to move. Um, but yeah, I, I know, you know, we don't get to see a healthy Chris Paul very often anymore. So that's another thing, like you said, I'm glad you brought him up because, um, healthy Chris Paul playing 34 minutes, um, without anybody really else next to him. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to see some good numbers, I think. Um, and for the time being probably be a little bit underpriced as well. I don't think the algorithms are going to really, you know, take into account what he was doing on like a night to night basis. Cause I mean, the last spot that he was in before then, um, was the Clippers, and he was also playing next to a few guys over there. He has literally no offensive competition other than Dadillo Gallinari, so he can chuck away if he really wants to, and that's something that we're going to have to take advantage on early. I agree. I, I mean, I'm not afraid to play the Thunder. I, I mean, I've been to to a decent amount of games there. I think arguably have you know possibly the best fan base in the league. They're always sold out. They're loud. They, they back their team, and, and – you know, I think these guys can win some games. So I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I am not as down on the thunder as a lot of the touts are right now. And I think you can get some quality guys in the right matchup, especially in a, a pace-up scenario. Yep. And, uh, you know, another guy that we can pretty much cross off their list. And, you know, I'm a little upset about it. Is I kind of want to see Andre, Andre Roberson play again, man. This guy's knee just can't get right. I, I feel terrible for him. Uh, every time he tries to come back, it just seems like setback after setback. And, you know, one's got to imagine what that knee looks like on the inside after all this. And he was, you know, if one can imagine if, if they had him last year, they, they, they could have done some bigger things. I know these, this team started falling apart at the end with Paul George's injuries. Um, but, you know, in his prime, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, uh, bar none. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole in DFS, but no. if, if I was a real coach... I would want him out there suited up because he's going to shut you down, no doubt about it. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, again, I guess we could say with the Hawks, uh, a team that we're going to be targeting opposing teams against, they're, they're going to play a, a, a fast pace. Like you said, I don't expect it to be anywhere near what it was last season. Uh, just, just Chris Paul can, you know, handle running a system point guard. He, you know, he can take the ball up, slow the game down, create uh, for his teammates. So 
Um, not as much as like Westbrook, who would just attack the rim, make the defense collapse, dump it off to Adams, or kick it back out to the three-point line. Uh, so I'm expecting it to be a little bit slower, but still above the league average is where I'd put him. Probably like 13, 12. That's why you're the shark, man. That's why you are the shark. All right. How about I go with sort of a boring team uh, as far as discussing because they didn't really do anything different other than sign their guys, and that's the Orlando Magic. Um, basically, everybody's intact. They're, they're starting five is back. Uh, they added a couple of uh, guys, Al Farik Aminu, they, they paid a bunch of money to, which was somewhat of a, a little bit of a head scratcher. But, you know, they're going to have their, their regular players. I mean, Vukovic on a, on a given night, uh, you know, I took down a, a really nice GPP with, with Vuk on one of his monster nights where he's banging threes and he's a terrific foul shooter and, when he's hitting the glass, I mean, he can he can get it done. So Vuk's always in play, but you do have to be a little wary of the fact that Mo Bamba is back this year. He missed last pretty much all of last year hurt. And, uh, I, you know, you, there's no doubt they want to get him some minutes. He, he went himself, you know, before he got hurt, was a fine uh, points-per-minutes guy because he gets – you know, he'll get three, four blocks before you can blink an eye. And he uh, is really converts well on the paint. Uh, so, you know, on nights where Vuk gets a break, Bomba's going to definitely be in my lineups. But uh, Vuk's always a top option. Um, Aaron Gordon falls in that small group of guys that I can never figure out or get right. Um you know, again, I, you know, there's like just four or five guys that, that just seem like sometimes they'll have monster games. Sometimes they just get in foul trouble or just disappear. But, you know, obviously tremendous talent on a given night with the right matchup can do uh, uh, some, some really good things. Not one of my favorite go-to DFS guys, but I, I would not blame you if, if you used him. Um, Jonathan Isaac, up and comer. I know he's high on a lot of touts lists, you know, sort of a, expecting a breakout year for him. Uh, again, you know, when I played him last year, at least, he was a little bit more boomer bust. Uh, he did throw some good games on the board. Um, you know, still not sure he's going to be the top two or three options there initially. Uh, you know, maybe now that he is getting his feet under him, I know they want to build around him. So I may go a little over-owned early on. Um, Evan Fournier, phenomenal. Uh, FIBA shot the lights out, uh, you know, and the, the, the guy can definitely shoot. Uh, my concern with DFS is he is scoring dependent for sure. You very rarely see a game from Fournier where he does much rebounding assists or steals. I mean, he's, he's just pretty much flat out a scorer and a shooter and a darn good one at that. But, you know, a little bit soft on, on the periphery stats. So I'm a little concerned there. And they did re-sign Terrence Ross to a ton of money as well, which again, head scratcher to me. Uh, but the, he's obviously with that, paycheck going to have a, a good role on the squad uh, from the shooting side. They didn't address the point guard situation, which, 
I mean, again, you know, head scratch. Explain that one to me. DJ Augustine, I remember watching him play at Texas. It seems like forever ago. Uh, he's been around forever. Every, you know, he's been a backup forever, and then he's he's been the starting point guard and done decently, but uh, not really a strong DFS option in my opinion. Uh, Markel Fultz, everybody's all googly, you know, googly about him this last week or so. He's been in the news, you know. They did sign him to to you know, they picked up that option. They're they're planning on getting him some minutes. Michael Carter Williams grabs a bunch of minutes for him too. So I'm, you know, all of that to me tells me, you know, giant stop sign uh, pretty much all the way around. So really other than Vukovic for me, Orlando is one of my least favorite DFS teams. I don't, you know, I'm not crazy about their pace. I'm not crazy about, you know, the periphery stats that those guys can put up. And I think they'll, have a deep enough bench that no one's going to really light it up. So I am not an or, uh, Orlando Magic uh, guy this coming year, at least not from from the get-go. I think we can move on. I think you just, uh, you know, it's Vucevic or it's nothing for me. Um, occasionally, I, I will play a little Evan Fournier because he's a good tournament player. When he does, uh, you know, have those like 26 to 28 actual scoring point nights, yeah. chips in like a couple of like two assists, two rebounds, three rebounds, whatever it may be, a couple threes to steal, uh, it can get you up there at 3540. He's usually never priced above like 5800, um, which is fair. You know, when you're, when you're talking about a guy that can, you know, give you about seven, eight X return at 5,800 can slot him in at shooting guard or, or small forward. Usually um, he has his spots, but again, not, not something I'm going to go out of my way to play. It's, it's, you know, Vucevic and it's going to be matchup dependent when it become, uh, when it comes to him um, just because it's just like anything we want to target the guys at the best possible matchups. And he's a guy that we know can just break a slate. Um, I love targeting him personally against Philly. He's got great career numbers against Philly. Hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's a little revenge narrative. Um, so I, I think that might have something to do with it. But it's something I always keep circled on my uh, on my calendar is when they uh, travel over there to Philly and he plays. He usually comes out and performs in a big way. That's a good point. I'll, I'll definitely have to circle that one too. Those little narratives make a big difference. You know, I know some people make fun of narratives. I think they're for real. I mean, I, you know, sometimes it's a little silly, but. You know, there are areas where teams definitely want to show out against former squads uh, and that kind of thing. So we'll see how it goes. It's weird, though. I've, I've heard a lot of people that I respect in the industry picking the Magic to finish, you know, like fourth in the East. There's even one publication that has them third. And, you know, I'm, I'm, that surprises me. I guess there's something to be said about having everybody intact from last year and they did make the playoffs uh, last year, but you know it'll be interesting to see. I, I just don't. I think they needed to upgrade a little bit more, and uh, you know I really don't see that uh, anywhere across the board with them. Yeah, I think it has more to do with just how much worse the East got this season. Um, Could be. With a lot of their stars going out there, maybe I, that's the only thing I can justify it with. If I wanted to play a little devil's advocate, but. Uh, you know, I'm almost a little upset that we even talked about the Magic this long. They're just so unsexy when it comes to fantasy. They are. Um, with just their few, like, you know, you're never happy about having any one of those guys other than Vucevic. Yeah. And we're talking about a guy that's coming off of a career year. 
Um, he's been in Orlando for a little while, just signed his deal and got paid. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, comes back down to earth a little bit. Still going to be a phenomenal player, don't get me wrong. But I, I'm not expecting the same numbers he put up last season. I'm, I'm, I'm not right. either. I, I think the regression monster will take a little bite there. I mean, I mean, when you're getting up there a little bit in age, he's still in his prime, but he's, he's getting a little older. And you get that big deal. I, I just think there's that, that mental push isn't quite there. So, yeah, definitely uh, something to, to keep an eye on. And, and Bomba's emergence, too. I mean, there that that might be another team that, that doesn't see a whole lot of my EFS sheet. They may they may get skipped over on the NBA ticket uh, lineup here for me, uh, no doubt about it. All right, you boss. Want you want DJ to... Augustine pick and rolls? Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want to take on uh, the the wonderful Washington Wizards without John Wall? Uh, yes, I do. It's like you it's like you line this up perfectly for me, coach, because uh I, I mentioned before uh you know, maybe pivoting off of Bam to another guy and it's gonna be Thomas Bryant, man. Ah. I'm a big T B fan. Me too, uh, I mean, man. I I'm am expecting too. big things from the, I mean, uh just talking about his per thirty six numbers last season, uh eighteen point two points, eleven rebounds, one point six blocks. Uh nice. That's that's uh those are pretty good numbers. I mean, just looking at that from like a like a raw points perspective. And we're that talking wasn't about, really being the starting center for a good portion of the season. Yeah. Well that, that's yeah, and that's I would say you're probably getting pretty close to what his averages could be given per thirty six. He probably won't play thirty six minutes, maybe more along like thirty three, thirty four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm expecting nightly double double. Uh, a couple blocks or a block and a half it seems about right and you're going to have those occasional nights where he's going to have these big scoring I mean this is a guy that uh, again per 36 would average .8 three pointers as well so he's not afraid to shoot a little bit from outside so I'm expecting him to be a, a pretty big focal point of this offense uh, on top of obviously the, the big name Bradley Beal mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm all aboard the, the Thomas Bryant train and uh, I'm you know I saved a spot for you if you, if you want to jump I'm with you, bro. Bro, I'm I'm on. I love Thomas Bryant. I think he plays hard. I liked him in the summer league when he played for the Lakers two like three years back. I said this guy's got a place in this league, and he. I mean, he almost didn't make the league, and now you know he he's gonna probably be a second option on an NBA team. So I'm with you, man. Yeah, and I mean, this is a guy that. Uh, you know, the Lakers basically threw him out. They just wouldn't give him a chance. No. And, I guess so. They just I, they don't have any kind of front office that can scout a center because they bring in Dwight Howard and then they ship out guys like, you know, these little diamonds in the rough like Zubak and, and Bryant and, you know, very capable, serviceable centers, and they bring in Dwight Howard. Um, I'm confused about that situation. But as far as for Washington, that's, that's pretty much all I want to touch. I'm going to – you know, I'm probably going to botch this right now, and I apologize, but uh, Rui Hamuchimura uh, is, is a guy that I am very high on as far as an actual basketball standpoint. I think he's a very good basketball player. I think he's going to transition very well into the NBA, and I'm going to have my eye on him. Yes. Um, but, you know, I don't, where, where can we go right off the rip? Probably, probably not. He's probably going to take like a good uh, month or two to really kind of adjust and even be able to play big minutes. You know, I'm talking big minutes for a rookie being like 28 to 30. So I'm expecting probably more around that 22 range, 23 range to start the season for a little while. But he's going to be a guy that we're going to see is going to is going to be shooting well probably, and he's going to earn his minutes as the season goes on. Well, I I uh, 
Hashimura fan. I I think he's NBA ready. I think he's 30 minutes a night from the first tip in the first game, and he is one of those guys I'll probably make my uh, at at a decently first lineups. Uh, he he is NBA ready. I didn't realize it as good, you know, as he as he was at Gonzaga because they had multiple you know good players there, but. Watching him in the summer league, I mean, he just took control of the floor out there as far as, you know, in sections of, of close games and just looked like a veteran. So I'm super high on him. Uh, I think, you know, the, if you look at the backups at the power forward and center for the Wizards, they have Moritz Wagner, Ian Mahimi, Davis Bertan, Bertans, that's Davis, the, the brother, and Justin Anderson, really. That's it. So it's it's really the Bryant and Hashimura show, and I, I'm not afraid to play those guys a ton. They'll make a lot of my lineups, especially when they're a little cheaper early in the season. I'm very excited about them. Uh, Beal's always going to be one of the highest guys, uh, percentage ownership. He's going to be super high price usage. It's probably going to – he may lead the league in usage this, this year uh, with Harden and Westbrook being on the same team now. Uh, you know, I think he's obviously on any given night can be the anchor to your team uh, without question. But, uh, you know, after that, it's just Washington's just, you know, not one of the better teams. Can't believe they kept Scott Brooks as the coach. I think he's done an awful job there, but he's there. Uh, you know, be my guest between Ish Smith, Troy Brown, you know, all these other guys, Jordan McRae. I mean, uh, it's, you know, when you want to use your big bucks on Beal, you got to play Beal. Uh, Hashimura and Brian, I think, are going to be great, great deals for, for uh, fantasy. Uh, and after that, pass. <laughs> I, I think uh, when it comes to Hashimura, I'm looking at like a pivot to Brian. You know, I, I never like to play two members of the same front court in the same lineup. So and maybe in a couple lineups where I'm not playing Brian, maybe I'm playing Bam instead of him. Uh, or whoever else, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw them in one just because it would correlate a little better with my whole overall scheme. Um, but you know, I wouldn't be sleeping on my guy Davis Bertans, man. Um, I think I I think he's going to siphon a, a few more minutes than you're really expecting. Did Did you just say your guy Davis Bertans? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we... you come from you come from a pop system. Uh, you got something going for you. I mean, we, we've seen just about every, every one of those fives that they've had. Um, I, I would say other than Tiago splitter leave and be fairly successful. Isn't this Berton's brother? Ah, no, this is, this is Spurs Berton's. Okay. Where's the other Berton's then? Cause he's got a, a shooting brother as well. Yeah, I think the, uh, I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure the other. Yeah, I think he is actually is a shooting guard. I'm not too sure, um, but no, Davis uh, plays for the Washington Wizards, um, and this is a guy he used to. I think last season he averaged like 1.6 or 1.9 threes per game. Um, somebody you know can come at me on Twitter if I got my stat wrong, but uh, you know he is not a minutes, and he is a very very easily coached player. So and he can play the four and the five. So I mean, I'm expecting to cut into the rookies, um, probably minutes a Could little be. bit more than I would expect them to come into Bryant's. But I, I that that's the only thing that's kind of putting a ceiling on uh, Hashimura for me. 
I would totally, I think he's ready to play 30 minutes. I, I think he's fully ready to play like 32, 34, close out fourth quarters and be a contributing member to the team. Um, but there's other guys there that are a little bit more experienced and, you know, that he could probably maybe even learn a thing or two from. So I, that's the only thing that's kind of tempering my expectations on him. That, that, that's it. But otherwise, I'm all in. Is uh, a guy I'm targeting a late in drafts in my season-long leagues. So, um, yeah, we'll probably be hyping on that hype train some, at some point through the season. I'm, I just think for the first few games, I'm going to get my Thomas Bryant shares in there, and uh, then I'll start kind of gravitating a little bit back. And, and, and you are right. He was traded for Damari Carroll from the Spurs uh, uh, at the end of uh, the season. So, Interesting. See if he gets in there at 37% three-point shooter, which I thought he was better than that, actually. But um, No, he took a lot of them. He would shoot a lot of threes. He wouldn't. He would make, you know, I think it was, I, I, if you're looking at him, let me know. I think it was 1.6 or 1.9 threes per game, but I'm, I know he used to take a, a, he used to jack them. He used to take a ton of them, so he's not afraid to shoot. He's not afraid to shoot at all. Yeah, he's, this actually projects him to take, uh, uh, five threes a game and shoot 41% from three. So there, you may have a little sneaker sleeper there, brother. Oh yeah. Uh, listen, uh, I do the DFS. I do the season long too, though. I, I, I'm always on these guys. Um, you know, like when I was speaking about bridges earlier, it's just kind of uncovering those little stats that other people glance over. There's a lot more obvious moves to be made. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's, I would, I think, uh, Hashimura's upside's higher. But Bertans is a guy that's going to play. He's a very valuable player yeah. to have. Um, so I, I fully expect him there. Interesting. I got high jinx by the Bertans brothers. They got me. <laughs> All right. They're sneaky. Well, let, well we're going to uh, move to Denver, and uh, we've got a, a clip here, a, a, a little discussion recently with Michael Porter Jr. and how he's feeling – uh, about coming into a season here where he hasn't played in about two years. So let's let's uh, listen in to Michael. I mean, there's no restrictions for me out there. I just want to get out there and play. Uh, you know, obviously within the rotation, i got to play in a minute, but you know, I'm hoping to go out there and just do my thing with the team. And, you know, winning speaks volumes, so we're just going out there to win and play together as a team. How are you feeling? Are you feeling okay? Yeah, yeah, I feel good. And I just can't wait to really, like, test myself in a real game because I haven't played in a game in a while, so I'm really excited to play in a real game. All right, man. And, uh, you know, the great enigma, is Michael Porter Jr. going to be a player or not? What do you think on that subject, Michael? I mean, I like him. I think he's an incredible athlete. He was one of the guys that was potentially being talked about as the number one overall pick um, at the beginning of the college um, season. And even just coming out of high school, he had almost like Zion-type hype. Coming out of high school, this kid Michael Porter Jr. You got to watch him play. Is you know his family's full of athletes. He's got natural athleticism. He can shoot. He can pass. He can drive. So he has a lot going for him. But um, how how much is he going to contribute? You know, injury prone. Uh, I believe he had some sort of uh, you know shutdown or procedure during the off season. Or yeah, he he didn't play um, in the summer league at all. Yeah, so there you know that's not both. And then he's got all this competition when he comes back. I mean. Uh, they have plenty of guys that are on the wing now. They're then bringing in uh, Grant now to also play a little bit of the power forward. Yeah. That's where I kind of see him succeeding more because he, he is a little bit of a bigger body, probably more of a natural power forward, but the way or small forward, but the way that the game's being played right now, um, he slots in at power forward nicely. And they already have their defensive stopper pretty much in Torrey Craig at small forward that 
you know, again, this he looks like a like I don't want to overhype him too much, but just a guy that plays that Tony Allen type role. Um, doesn't need a lot of shots. We'll take smart ones here and there, but he's on the court just to shut people down. Yeah, I mean, he's he certainly has a reputation of being a two way player before his injuries. So again, you know, how do you judge that? I mean, he didn't even play his senior year, but for, I think, one or two games at, at uh, Missouri. Uh, correct? Wasn't it Missouri? Yeah. yeah Missouri. And, uh, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I just it, – it's not the right team for him to be on because of the depth. That's, you know, that's his biggest problem, I think, is how the heck do you get on the floor when you got, you know, Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant, Torrey Craig, Will Barton, Gary Harris, Malik Bills, Beasley, guys that, you know – playing even the two, three, four spots ahead of you. So I don't know, man. I, I mean, he could be a huge surprise. I know I'm going to steer clear. I just don't see him getting the minutes initially. Yeah, it's going to be tough for him to crack that. Like you said, they, they have probably um, the deepest team in the league. One of them, uh, you know, the Bucks are pretty deep as well. There's a few others that we can go with, but they have a very deep roster. They're a very experienced roster. The, the team, you know, played very well together. Um, and we saw very interchangeable parts, guys that can play in multiple positions. So he's going to have to kind of carve himself out a role, and it's going to be hard for him to do, barring you know somebody getting hurt um, or him just you know outright blowing the roof off the off the house. I just I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a hard time for him to find any sort of playing time um, other than just you know 16 minutes. And it's a guy that didn't play at all last year, so you can't imagine that they're just going to want to throw him in there. He's always injury. Um, you know, Riddle dealing with multiple injuries at a time usually. Uh, so I kind of just don't see it from really this year. I mean, maybe it's a good time to buy low in Dynasty, but you're, you're going to be sitting on something for a little while. And, you know, we've seen in the past, I have, I'm not going to you know write him off or anything right now. Um, I think he still has a very, very bright future. But um, there's a lot of guys that come out of high school and college that are crazy athletic, that have all the NBA talent in the world who just can't this if it's injury or – Oh, I lost. I'm sorry. I lost you, man. Oh, okay. There we go. Uh, that was. I guess that might have been. That might have been me. Who knows? But you want to um, hit the rest I, of I was, Denver? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, like as far as for DFS, I think we're looking at Jokic. You're looking at Murray here and there when you're talking. Uh, you know, GPPs. He's not necessarily a great cash gameplay. And I think we're gonna probably see a little bit of a better year from Gary Harris. He was a guy I was very high on. Um, I love his play. Uh, very good two way yeah. player. But, um, you know, he was kind of injury uh, riddled a little bit last season. He, I think he was playing through a few nagging injuries throughout the year, hampering him. Um, and, you know, it's, when you're dealing with some things it, it, like, you know, ankle injuries, it's, it's, it's tough to kind of get back to that form for the rest of the season. So I imagine he was playing hurt for a lot of the year. And um, it's a guy that they're gonna, they, they love to close games with him, and they'll load him up on minutes when he's healthy. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not really playing Grant. I'm not really playing Millsap. They're going to cut into each other's minutes, so I'm off of both of them. Uh, and Craig is just mainly a defensive stopper, not a guy I'm really looking for to, you know, in DFS lineups. No doubt. And, you know, Jokic obviously going to be one of the highest-owned guys every night. Uh, you know, triple-double machine. You know, hard not to play in the right scenarios when they're playing a, a team that, doesn't match up well with him. I think that he's, you know, he'll continue to be uh, in a lot of winning GPP lineups because he was last year. I mean, 
uh, he was on a lot of those a uh, lot of those tournaments that were taken down. He was the focal point of those uh, those teams. But you know, I I think that as from a DFS standpoint, the the biggest negative with Denver is just like you said, their depth. I mean, I, I rattled off six of their just two, three, four players. You know, you know, Murray, who I love Jamal Murray. I think he's just a, a fantastic uh, player that's that's going to be a, a star in this league. Uh, Monty Morris did such a terrific job off the bench last year. Very valuable. And, you know, they didn't lose anybody. They got this whole contingency back, including Jeremy Grant um, and, you know, uh, Watch uh, Go- Hernan Gomez is still there, and I know your your favorite player, Bull Bull, is on the squad, right? Listen, I, I mean, I don't know how much he's going to play. I think I I think I read a report that they're going to throw him in the G League probably for the full season. Yeah, he's got to bulk up and everything like that. But uh, yeah, I think he was a steal in the draft. Still, I think he, you know he fell a little bit too low. I don't think Denver even went in there really wanting him right. at that point of the draft. Like, you know, what do you have to lose? Take a shot. At I, it, um, you, you saw some of the pictures I sent from summer league. I mean, the man is just one, one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen. I mean, he is a huge guy and his, his feet aren't that bad. They really aren't. They're not that bad. Um, who knows? You never know. No, that's Funny exactly what they thought too. So, We'll see. I mean, at at the end of the day, we've seen plenty of guys taken in the second round. Uh, you know, even guys that take two years to kind of grow into their own. I mean, if, I think I was just today on Twitter. I saw uh, a picture of Kristaps Porzingis's you know rookie season, like right before the draft, and a picture of him now. And it's the difference is absolutely insane. Yeah. And you could say the same thing about Giannis when he came oh, in yeah. there, he next to nothing, um, and now he's one of the most ripped dudes in the NBA. So, uh, you know. It might just take a couple of years for him to kind of get that body, but he has the intangibles to be a very good player. I hope so, man. I, I never, for, I'll never forget. I was, I watched the game when Manute Bull, his father, uh, went for a rebound, put it back up, missed it, jumped back up, and this is a true story. I'm not kidding you. He, he was so big. The guy hit him on his way up, and he was going up, and he broke his teeth on the rim. And that, yeah, that's a that's a true story. And but I'll tell you what, Manute was amazing. He could shoot the three. Uh, I just it's it's he was lost way too early. But the fact that his son is in the league is just mind-boggling to me. You know, it's just crazy. But uh, very cool. So I hope you know I'm wishing him the best. But a major project. I'm, I'm sure it'll be a huge draw in the G League though. Oh yeah, I mean, who's not going to want to watch him? No doubt. Very good, very good player. Um, but I mean, that's that's pretty much where I'm at with the Nuggets. It's it's again, it's almost like a re, like a reverse, uh, you know, Magic standpoint where there's one two guys and then nobody else. Um, I'm really looking at, and it's because of just the the depth that they have. And you know, let's keep in mind, teams traveling into Denver isn't necessarily a thing that we want to target too much either, just with that altitude. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's a real thing. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, you know, so we'll see how it goes. All right. I'm going to uh, jump to the Minnesota Timberwolves and that's not much of a jump. Uh, you know, certainly, uh, a team that, uh, has a lot of growth to do. Um, 
you know, there, there are some targets here, though. I mean, obviously, Cap is going to uh, possibly have, uh, you know, number one overall ranked DFS guy kind of season. It's very possible. Uh, there are, you know, he's going in that top three or four picks in a lot of the drafts. I think people see that expectation long term for him. And on any DFS night, you know, as long as he stays out of foul trouble, uh, you know, he's going to put up, you know, monster numbers. So Cat will see my lineup a ton. Um, you know, uh, I'm not an Andrew Wiggins guy at all. I think he's totally uh, points, uh, you know, uh, is, is really the only category he, he pushes himself. I don't see him even playing that hard defensively. I just, just not a, a Wiggins DFS guy or fan whatsoever. Uh, I think having Robert Covington back could be a big boost for, for Minnesota. He's been a little bit of a darling in some of the uh, early talks here, DFS-wise, because, you know, he's obviously can lead the league in steals, knock down a bunch of threes, get some rebounds, you know, can be a very nice uh, pivot in DFS uh, off of some other people. So. I think, you know, he's a, a good guy, uh, you know, to to keep on your radar. But, but I think he'll be fairly highly owned early on just because everybody's thinking the same thing. Uh, Jeff Teague at point, you know, sufficient, not spectacular. Again, you know, a hit or miss guy. If you can start him on the right night, um, could be decent. And other than that, you know, got a lot of building. Kogi's improving. Jared Culver, who's a high pick. They also picked up Jake Lehman, uh, who can shoot it for sure. Um, but, you know, I don't see much from the Timberwolves. I think they'll be uh, maybe the, the worst team in the West, possibly, because I think Phoenix will improve. But, uh, you know, Cats got to be a consideration every night. And then after that, you know, if you – spy out a guy that you want uh, on a specific matchup. But uh, if not, man, they're, they are not strong. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think Teague's pretty much, like you said, he's a tournament play on, on most nights, um, you know, on the right matchups, you, you feel a little bit more confident playing them, but you really don't know what you're getting. Um, you know, I like Tyus Jones on any night that Teague misses, or I could just say when Teague gets his first ankle sprain of the season, uh, we know that's going to happen. He gets like probably a good three or four here. So, um, you know, when that happens, plug Tyus oh, Jones Ty- in there. With Tyus confidence. Jones is not on the T-Wolves anymore. He has moved somewhere. Where is Tyus Jones? I thought they um, – are you sure? I thought they brought him back. I thought I, – because I expected them to leave um, completely. Um, and it looks like they, they, they brought him back. I did so, I'll, um, I'll, do, I'll yeah. do a quick – check when you're finishing up i thought i really yeah well yeah look into that real fast for me i'll just i'll go on um you know with wiggins i'm not touching him with a 10-foot pole now that robert covington's back in there uh you know we saw him kind of have a little bit of increased usage in the games that covington missed with that bone bruise last season and we'd have the occasional uh good shooting performance but uh you know they they already talked into wiggins a little bit during the offseason mentioning how they want him to take more uh, you know, better shots, I guess you could say. They were trying to say it in a nice way, basically flat out saying that this guy can't right. shoot. He needs to kind of lim- limit his shot attempts. Yeah. Um, we're, we're talking about a few guys that left. Uh, you know, Dario Saric is gone. Taj Gibson is gone. 
So that's probably why they brought in Lehman. They're going to probably play uh, Rocco just primarily at the power forward, but on those bigger uh, matchups, yeah. they can play They also Lehman have there. Jordan Bell they picked up also. Yes, and yeah. I think he's going to be seeing a lot of that backup center. I th- yeah, I think he could get some, some decent minutes. I mean, he's athletic enough. And Tyus Jones is with the Grizz. So Tyus did move on. So it's that, that ups Jeff Teague's stock a little bit uh, as well. So how Tyus Jones is going to fit in with that mix with Jaw, maybe he's just going to help bring Jaw along with the Grizz. But, I see. There you yeah. go. Uh, so who, I got to I got to look into that then. Then I thought that for sure that they brought him back, but you're obviously right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, take that one off the board. Then I guess Jeff Teague's what they're gonna be rolling with. Who? So who do they have uh, playing backup points for them right now? Because full blown. Shabazz Napier right now is listed on their. Uh, yeah, backup. that's right. Okay, now this is all now this is all ringing the bell. So yeah, and again, that's another thing. So we we seen Shabazz light it up even in uh, when he was over there playing in Brooklyn. Yeah. And he had an opportunity. So uh, it, it's it for me it's it's basically gonna be targeting the the you know Carl Anthony Towns and Rocco and then Teague in tournaments. Um, even Rocco, he's probably more of that cash game option. Which when I say cash game, doesn't mean you can't play him in a tournament. Um, it just doesn't necessarily make as much sense as when you're talking about those eight, seven, six, ten game uh, slates where you have a lot of other options as well. So there's usually a couple other guys that will have a little bit more upside if you're trying to take down like a large GPP. Um, but when you're not really worried about ownership and you're just trying to double your money up or whatever it is, he's just a fantastic play. Yeah. I, you know, what it, you know, the, the thing that's becoming evident as, you know, we're almost 20 out of 30 teams through here is there are a lot of teams that only have one or two really strong, viable DFS players more than you would think. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's uh, going to be slim pickings early. I think you're going to get a lot of dual ownerships, you know, because it's basketball is different than other sports like football and baseball and everything where people stack and do different things. And it's, it's, uh, it seems like there's just a, a lot of teams that are poor with only a few viable DFS options. Yeah. And, I think that's where we're kind of going to have to take our edge is kind of guessing those spots because these teams that do play at fast paces, um, there's generally always going to be a third one that pops out of somewhere, maybe not on a night-to-night basis, um, but there's always that extra guy who is the perfect GPP play because he's going to be the lower-owned option who can easily get his own, and we're just going to have to wait and kind of see. Uh, But I think going into it, we'll be able to kind of crank out a little bit more research or we might be able to get a few of them. Uh, nailed down before it starts so we could take advantage of awesome man and we only have two teams left i know we're going super long again but you know we're we're here for you man we're we're grinding we're getting you ready for the season we're not going to let a single stone be unturned but i do have to thank fantasy draft for the sponsorship definitely get on there and play their seven hundred thousand guaranteed contest Go to fantasydraft.com, use the promo code HoopBall, and uh, make some money, man. Get on there and get it done. Also, you know, if you've missed the first uh, couple of three or four episodes of of the show and you want to get caught up before the season gets started here, remember you can find us anywhere podcasts are found, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, you know, Please rate, review, subscribe. Those five stars mean a lot. Likes, positive reviews, you know, subscribe. You know, that allows us to continue to bring 
all of this free content forward uh, on a weekly and soon to be nightly basis. Okay, we're gonna uh, drill through the final two teams here. Uh, uh, the last, uh, one of the last teams I'll start out with here is Portland Trailblazers. And uh, we have a quick clip of uh, when they brought Hassan Whiteside over from the Heat, which was a big sort of shocking move in the off season. Him talking a bit about uh, the new offense and how he's gonna fit into the system. Uh, with Portland. Yeah, I love passing. So, you know, I'm a, I got love, I'm looking for the opportunity. You know, um, just like I said, the, the offense, they got, got so much movement. It's just, it's just a, a way different thing than just your standard pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. And um, I've been looking at the offense a lot. It's, it's the reason why I was top three last year in the NBA. Right. And there's Hassan, and, you know, he feels. He can be a focal point of, of uh, the offense there with the, the two good guards and, and being the big man. So we'll see how it goes. You know, Nurkic is going to be out for quite a while. And, uh, you know, he certainly can lead the league in blocks. He's done it before. Um, just, you know, very hard to predict. I mean, he was a, a, a really a lot of people busted on him in, in lineups last year because uh, of the lack of minutes. But he's out of Miami. He's in Portland. He's the starting center. Uh, maybe worth a, an early flyer. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes specifically on the matchups. But, you know, it, it, Portland begins and ends with, with Lillard and McCollum, like we know. Um, you know, Lillard uh, put up some just incredible uh, DFS games last year, just off the charts. Uh, McCollum in the right spots also. Uh, you know, they're one of those scenarios where if one of them ever sits, the first lock play needs to be the other one in your lineup. That's just a given. Um, I love the fact that Anthony Simons is going to get some rotation minutes off the bench. Uh, he was super impressive in summer league and seems to be coming into his own. own. I think he's the heir apparent eventually to Lillard down the road because, uh, you know, Simons, I believe, is like 19, 20 years old. So. Uh, but he's he's going to be a good one. I, I really enjoy uh, enjoyed watching him play this summer. So you know, keep an eye on him if if Lillard takes a night off or or even McCollum. They may you know rotate those guards uh, uh, you know on those off nights. Um, you know, right now they're talking about Zach Collins moving over from the five to start at the four. Um, Certainly can, you know, knock down some threes and, and, and spread the floor a little bit. Is it going to work, Collins and Whiteside? We'll see. I think that uh, there's the potential for that. Uh, there were some games where Collins did put up some good DFS numbers. I mean, at the beginning of the season, he wasn't even getting off the bench, uh, but he became a very good DFS useful uh, guy, uh, especially in the last quarter of the season. Um, and because he can definitely throw up some quick points and rebounds, does get in some foul trouble for sure. But uh, you know, a guy with with Collins and Whiteside is really going to be interesting to see how that works. And guys that are viable on a given night. Um, other than that, I think it's it's shooting from the hip. You know, going to be you know one off plays, Rodney Hood, Mario Hazonia, Kent Bazemore. Guys like that. Uh, Pau Gasol is actually on the Trailblazers, which is sort of bizarre. But, uh, 
you know, I think you just you, you play Lillard as much as you can, uh, use McCollum in the right spots, and if you get a right matchup, Collins and Whiteside are definitely options. Yeah, I mean, I'm, Whiteside's another guy that I'm going to be pretty high on, I think, early on. I think he's going to be a little bit underpriced just from the, the bad taste left, left in you know everybody's mouth uh, the best season, season and a half. But, you know, looking at his numbers, we, we really don't know what to expect as far as minutes. So what I'm doing is I'm just taking – um, you know, one of the one of the seasons where was he even his career high in minutes, uh, you know, the 2015-16 season, he played uh, 29.1 minutes, averaged 14.2 points, 11.8 boards, and 3.7 blocks. That's, that's, um, he led the league in blocks that season, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Uh, it was an absolute monster. And then if we take, you know, his first year, I guess, breaking out with the Heat, he played about 24 minutes. Averaged 11.8 points, 10 rebounds, 2.6 blocks. So what I'm doing is I'm taking the average of that. Um, you know, he got about 26 minutes, and his 26 minutes numbers uh, with those two seasons was about, you know, 12 points, uh, or I mean, sorry, 13 points, 11 uh, rebounds, and about just over three blocks. So still very, very viable and basically setting you up for a 35 to 40 point um, night in DFS. So. You know, looking at a guy that could most likely be about, you know, under 7K, maybe about that 6-6 six, six range is where I'm kind of thinking he's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. He's a great point per, point per minute producer, and I'm expecting a pretty big night from him. Uh, I'd say at least in his first three games of underpriceness. Yeah, I think you're right on. And, and listening to the whole interview of that snippet we gave you, you know, uh, earlier on, he, you know, he they really are talking about utilizing him, uh, you know, and uh, they – making him a, a really key big, uh, you know, and then when Nurkic comes back, who knows, you know, that, that whole thing may change at that point, uh, you know, but he's, he's not expected back until very late. So, all right, dude, you get to finish it up uh, and start us off with our last squad. And then we'll wrap up this um, another marathon in depth, get you ready for the season and make tons of money with the Utah jazz. Yeah, so, I mean, we talked about the Jazz a lot um, already just because they had two of the bigger offseason moves. So we, we talked about them a little bit on our first night um, when we kind of highlighted all those moves. Yeah. And, you know, bringing in Bogdanovich and Conley is going to, you know, really affect the, the offensive makeup of their team, pushing Ingles most likely coming off the bench as their sixth man. So, you know, the guys I'm going to be looking at, I think a lot of people are going to be on Conley just because it's a new face. I think a lot of people are going to be off Mitchell just because Conley's there. So, um the only thing that, that kind of scares me away from Mitchell is I still expect him to have a pretty decent price tag. I don't expect that to really take right. a hit. But, you know, so I, I, I'm that's a wait and see for me just to kind of see what that looks like before I really kind of buy in on it. I just expect him to be uh, a little bit under-owned with his usage not taking that big of a hit. Uh, Ingles, I'm probably just going to stay away from him unless it's like a shorter slate, Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that I was never thrilled about playing ever in his career. He does have those random nights where he goes off. But, again, we're talking about a guy that had – uh, the highest usage of his career last season with the Pacers. So for me, uh, Gobert, um, you know, Conley in the right price, the right matchup, and I'd say Mitchell in any matchup uh, for the right price. We just got to see where he's going to fall. Um, you know, if he's around that 70, you know, four to 82 mark, I'll be kind of all over that. But last season he was touching points where he's 87. Uh, 8,800, and you know, while I don't think Conley is going to greatly affect them, it's going to affect them a, a little bit. Where I'm going to want to steer clear of that kind of price range. I don't blame you, man. And you know, I'm uh, Quinn Snyder's philosophy: the heart, tough D, and 
play hard and you know they got the right guys with Gobert and Conley in the mix of Ingles and those guys to play that kind of ball which to me is a little bit of a deterrent for DFS so I'm always hesitant with the Jazz I mean they're not the worst paced team in the league but you know they're going to protect the ball and make good decisions and slow it down a little bit so you know I, it's going to be they're going to be one-offs for me you know Conley on a given night can do well um, you know, he's being backed up right now by Moutier and, and Dante Exum. So, you know, I, I think he's going to be the main man getting the main minutes. Donovan Mitchell, you know, after watching FIBA, you know, he had that one half. But other than that, was just very average. Um, you know, I'm not as confident with his long-range shot, I think, as, as it can be, you know, in the future. But, you know, on a... I think his price tag is just always so darn high uh, for, for what he brings to you. So I'm a little worried there. Like you said, Bogdanovich, the usage issue coming down a little bit now, being more of a third, fourth option. I still think he can shoot the eyes out on any given night, and I will use him from time to time. Um, the rest of the guys, you know, Gobert, you can obviously use. You know, there are nights where he'll have six or eight points, uh, you know, and just, you know, rebound and get some blocks. But, uh, not a team that I'm going to lean strongly on um, at all, especially now that Ed Davis is backing up. They added Jeff Green. And, you know, so there's some other guys that will hit that rotation and cause some usage uh, decrease. So, um, you know, probably going to steer a little bit from the Jazz, especially early on. So, all right, Pam. That's it. We did it. We got through another division, a couple divisions. We did so. two divisions. We were – 20 out of 30 teams down. Uh, next week, we, we tackle the even more interesting Pacific and Southwest, which have all the craziness of New Orleans and, the, you know, Lakers and Clippers. And so it'll, next week's going to be awesome as well, man. But any last thoughts for our listeners? Uh, no, man. I would say if you if you haven't – yeah, what am I saying? No, and then I just come over with that. Yes. <laughs> Go sign up uh, at Fantasy Draft. Use promo code Hoopball, no dash, um, just Hoopball, um, and you know take take advantage of this rake free. I mean, I, like I said, I am by no means an expert. I'm, I'm sure there's probably 500 other guys that you can find good information from uh, regarding football slates. But uh, you know, shoot me a shoot me a Twitter, shoot me a tweet, and uh, you know we'll jump in a contest, do a heads up, maybe get a little one going uh, for this Sunday, and you know. Ask for some help. I would I, I would love to kind of tell you and share my thoughts with you. If you want to hear them, whether you want to use them or not, it's on you. But either way, get ready. Build your bankroll. Get ready for this NBA season because we're going to crush it this year. We are going to kill it. And, you know, shoot us some questions, comments, uh, anything you want uh, us to address at the show, uh, you know, during the show. You can catch us both at hoop-ball.com on the forums there. Or I'm on Twitter at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He's at, at Micah Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you listening. I would assume to listen to this pod like in two or three sections just to absorb all of it. But, uh, again, we're, we're bound and determined to get through every team and every player before the ball tips uh, here in a very short period of time. So, again, we want to thank you for joining us with at uh, – Hoopball NBA DFS today. For Mike Apatria, I'm Coach. 
We'll catch up with you next week again when we're putting it together to crush this NBA DFS season. Take care, guys. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.